Well, I wanted to go home, but Ashley just had to see this castle first. Perfect, because I have a present I want to give you. Medicine that will help to suppress the progress of your problem. Where do we go? Let's see. Come to the courtyard inside of the castle. We can meet up there. Ciao. Welcome to episode 44 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Torgal to my Clive, John. John, are you excited to play Suicide Squad? Kill the Justice League? No, nobody's ever, nobody's ever playing that game, Nick. Nobody's ever playing that game. That, that game has fallen too far from grace. There is no sa- there's no saving it. But I guess if you were to save it, uh, you'd need a nice healthy delay. Did we get one of those? We did. It is moving from its May 26th, 23 date, you know, just a month from now, to February 2nd, 2024. We ain't seen this game for a very long time. Was, wasn't this game initially pitched as a 2022 release? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. It was at least supposed to come out last year. I don't know what's happening at Rocksteady. I don't think anybody does. I don't think they know what's happening at Rocksteady. It's It's so sad. It's just a, what a waste of talent, you know? Yep, let's take a team known for third-person, single-player games, have them try to make a live-service game, have that live-service game not look great, and have all the live-service elements that people do not like anymore. So let's, I'm assuming they're doing this to pivot, but we'll, we'll see. That was going to be my question, <laughs> is in, what, what's your guess as to what they're trying to do? Like... I think like we mentioned when we talked about the Schreier leak of this delay is that they're trying to uh, retool the game, make it more of a just co-op shooter, and maybe get rid of the whole season content and all that altogether. Yeah. No no battle passes. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. They got to tweak it. If this is this is length of a delay is not polishing. It's not anything other than, like, you. they're going back to work. And so... <laughs> I don't know if that's enough time to completely restructure the game, um, but they—I I think they're going to take a lot, obviously a lot of the feedback they have, try and maybe get rid of these purple orb things, be objectives that, they, that they're doing a lot, <laughs> you know, give King Shark a, a way to attack that's not just another gun because that's not, you know, the the point of these characters. But I don't know, man. Yeah, they're going to have to when they reshow this game, they have a lot of trust to win back. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I said, it's just. You know, from the makers of Arkham Asylum. (laughs) (laughs) You made this point, not on the show, but I thought it was a good point of how does Sony feel about putting this as a highlighted state of play, getting all those eyes on this game, and then... Yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm sure they have a lot of vetting to do, and they have you know, people on their staff that look at these things and approve it and put it together and stuff. So, like, you know, there is some accountability to be held there, but... You know, yeah, to, to show a game and to get the, you know, the money that was exchanged hands and all that thing to put this thing out and be like, yeah, you're going to be able to play it on a PlayStation 5 in May <laughs> just to be like, nope, sorry. It's luckily they followed up that state of play with another state of play that is going to probably be received a little bit differently that we'll talk about in a second here. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, not a good look all around. No, not at all. So 
Two things I wanted to touch on really quick. Just a quick correction. Mm. Uh, last week I talked about RE4 Mercenaries and I mentioned that you can only play as Leon. I was 100% wrong on that. Oh, what a liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you start as Leon, but you can unlock everybody. I saw some great gifts of Hunk's kill animation. Okay. Where he snaps Ganado's necks. It's, it's pretty great. You'll have to look okay. it up. So when you say everybody, so is that like Ada, Ashley, Luis? Uh, the, yeah, the knife guy. Uh, was Kruger? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. There's, so there's, there's just okay. more than just Leon. So, okay. Oh, cool. So, so I was incorrect. And then the second thing is we're gonna announce our bonus episode right here and now. Uh, not shocking about this at all, but it is gonna be Persona Five Royal. We are gonna take the spoiler gloves off and talk about the game in full. I have not beaten it yet, but the plan is to beat it before... I wanted to beat it before Jedi Survivor anyway, mm -hmm. so now I have a really hard deadline of beating it before the end of the month, so me and John can talk about it unfettered. Yeah, uh, you know, Nick has started wearing a top hat to work. He's, he's got a, <laughs> fan, a, a fan of thief, you know, outfit himself. It's taken over his life, so how could we not talk about it? Um, yeah, no, that, that's that's a that's a great one. It's it's a beefy game to jump into, dive into. Um, you know, a lot of lot of things to dissect there. Whether it's the character, the music, the story, all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. And I, I, I'm sure I've said this on the show. I haven't played it, but I've watched 66 <laughs> hours of cutscenes to be able to at least talk very, very in depth about the story and characters and things like that. So yeah, yeah, should be good. All right, so let's move on into the show. This is how it works. John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a showcase, a email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Follow us there if you want updates on the show. And uh, it was a big week for Sony, as you teased just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. John get into it yeah so we were treated yesterday to uh next state of play um and we got a 25 minute final fantasy 16 blowout that is the only thing they talked about only thing they brought very important game so they wanted to make sure that we all got the specifics to make sure that they wanted to uh that whoever wanted to buy it was gonna be able to buy it and you could kind of tell from the get-go that that's that was their mission i think there's a lot of people that are into final fantasy 14 that maybe have never played a mainline game so they really wanted to kind of make sure that people are ready to go so um this game of course is going to be released on june 22nd developed by square enix and i wanted to just start real quick here nick with a little fun trivia question you ready oh boy how many final <laughs> fantasy games are there Final Fantasy games? Yep. With Final Fantasy in the title? I don't know. Just, I don't know what the criteria is. I just searched a quick quick little Google thing. Uh, over 100. Okay. 95. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's a good guess. <laughs> yeah, 95 games in the series, so this is, you know, I don't think Final Fantasy needs an introduction, but um, Nick, what were your big picture impressions of this showcase, you know, before I get into what I thought? Uh, it is uh, very pretty. It is a very, very good-looking game. Again, this is a PS5 console exclusive, uh, so there's no PS4 version of this game, so, you know, they're going to go all out. And um, so, yeah, it is very pretty. I do wish that the tone and the art direction, outside of the icons, uh, the, which are the big kaiju summons, the, the summons the that summons, you're used yep. to from Final Fantasy, I wish that they were a little more unique-looking, there's a lot of the characters are pretty drab and I'll be honest, just boring. You know, they're just people in normal clothes. But I mean, that's maybe the tone they're going for for this game. It looks very serious. It looks very Western. 
Yeah, it's it's all it's got a very medieval tone, yes. gray, a lot of grays and and almost like Resident Evil Four kind of, where there's a lot yeah. of browns and grays and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and specifically with the characters, the environments look incredible. Like that was definitely a highlight of the show, uh, the state of play. Um, you know, they had uh, the main character Clive walking around, and it looked just like something out of The Witcher. Uh, you know, he had his big sword on his back. You got your dog Torgal rolling with you, and just the environments look great. And then my last final takeaway kind of from it is that I really want to play the demo. Yeah. You know, they keep showing this gameplay. This gameplay is very fast. It's very, as we mentioned before, it's by the combat designer that we used to work on Devil May Cry. So, and we saw the same thing with Forspoken. And now I know these are different teams Mm -hmm. and this is definitely, you know, their pride and joy. So they're not going to mess it up. I still want to get my hands on it. I still want to try this combat because it looks very different than yeah. what we used to. And I think we will get a demo. I, I thought for sure they were going to drop one yesterday. I was very <laughs> surprised that they didn't. But um, Square Enix has put out a demo for every almost every one of their big properties in the past couple of years. So I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, so hopefully we'll get one of those soon. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, think it, I think, frankly, they knocked it out of the park with this showing. I think... You know, it was a little too in-depth. You could argue that they showed too much, but, like, for anybody who was... There there's can't be anybody on the fence anymore, right? You're either in or you're out. I guess you just said you're kind of on the fence, so maybe I'm going to put my foot in my mouth <laughs> immediately. But, you know, I, I think if you're a fan of the Final Fantasy series, there's very few reasons to be excited for this game. Um, and they did, you know, kind of go over a couple things that, you know, we didn't know about. So, first and foremost, uh, they mentioned that this is the first true action RPG Final Fantasy game from the get-go. You know, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy XV both have much faster combat than, you know, your um, Final Fantasies of old, but this was the first one from the get-go. I don't think there's any way to slow down combat like you could in Final Fantasy VII Remake. You know, like Nick mentioned, you're switching between different Akon abilities to kind of augment your attack patterns and things like that, um, all in real time. So, um, you know, there is definitely a push with that, which is great that they got the Devil May Cry guy, you know, in there. So, obviously, you know that that's going to be done well. Um, We learned that the story is going to take place over three different time periods. Uh, The main character, Clive, you know, there's going to be a young Clive, a normal Clive, for lack of a better word, and an older Clive. Um, I don't know, you know, how if that's going to be three even splits or if it's going to be mostly taking place in that middle section. But, you know, there will be some, uh, you know, a larger scale kind of narrative, I guess, being had here. Um, You know, I uh, but yeah, to agree, Nick, I think the environmental... Um, graphics are, are the sh- were the show like or the the star of the show like some of the des- environments that they designed are just you can't just help but look at it and just be blown away by whether it's big towering ice cliffs or big crazy spiral looking things r- rising out of the ground like if you played a Final Fantasy game in the past you kind of know what what you're in for but just taken to the tenth degree. Um, I will say I think some of the enemies do look a little bit tanky you know like a, a lot of the smaller smaller encounters I do kind of appreciate in in JRPGs where you can just breeze past it. Sometimes I like where you enter a fight and you just go, bop, bop, you're done. Bop, bop, give me my XP and let me move on. Mm -hmm. But it really seemed like they're, even some of the smaller enemies, um, you're spending a lot of time with them. So hopefully that doesn't get a little, you know, overbearing, a little... I don't know. I, just, I don't want to spend too much time in combat. Especially with how active sense. the combat is. Like, you yeah. know, turn-based combat is for one thing. You can just, you know, turn off your brain and just go ba 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 But, yeah, when you're having to do combos and if I'm switch, zipping all over. Yeah, and switching abilities, then, yeah, you're, you're definitely going to be 
a little worn down by every combat encounter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, there. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure it will never get boring, right? Final Fantasy, you're going to be gaining abilities, gaining skills, you know, unlocking acons, however you do that, incorporating them into your moveset. I'm sure it will never get bored. I just, I just hope that, you know, it's doesn't the combat doesn't wear itself out quickly mm-hmm. um, but you know a couple small other things you know there is a monster hunting board that is back from Final Fantasy 12 which mm-hmm. I'm very excited about mm-hmm. it's just fun to go and just hunt these big monsters and get rewards for them yep. um, the music is absolutely incredible as is to be expected with Final Fantasy 7 I didn't write the name of the composer down but it's not Nobuo Uematsu who is known for a lot of the music but um, you know that's going to be great and then, yeah, man, I mean, these Akon fights, right? Like, that's kind of the big selling point of this game is these, you know, kaiju one-on-one attack on Titan type battles that just look fucking bananas. And again, so much I, going on. So much going on. <laughs> like, you know, and it's it's a spectacle that I have honestly haven't seen since, like, the original God of War series where you're, you know, flying through the air, running into mountains, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. I just hope that it's fun. And I was encouraged to see that as they were talking about those battles, they were like, yeah, we're, we're going to incorporate different ways that, you know, you have to use your abilities to get through. A, it's not just mash, 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 special, mash, 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 special. Like that shit gets old quickly. So, yeah, they, they definitely looked all different. Uh, uh, to be specific, you're cl- you're playing as Ifrit and then we saw you play as the Phoenix yep. in the footage. Yep. Uh, and both looked uh, the Phoenix one kind of looked like a like a panzer dragoon, yep. like on rails shooter where you're, you can move along the screen, but you're kind of limited to the camera. You're not controlling the camera angle. Yeah, you're just and highlighting then, the enemy the, and hoping your things go into But the Ifrit stuff was all over the place, including like flying through the sky, running up a giant tentacle. Like it was all over the place. Uh, yeah. the, the counters uh, where you play as Ifrit. So uh, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely the highlight. Yeah, so I mean, I, I personally am very, very excited for this. Um, you know, I've talked about how Final Fantasy X is one of my favorite games of all time. That's really the only intense tie I probably have to this series. Like, I really, really liked Twelve, but I never had that Seven connection. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this one does for me what I was hoping Fifteen was going to do, and, and kind of reinvigorate my love for the series, and, and you know, really get into another one of these things. Because to this day, you know, and. I know some people hate these characters, the characters in 10, because they have some pretty shit dialogue sometimes, and they're <laughs> campy and weird, but, like, I I don't know if it's because I was, like, 11 and 12 when I played it. I just lashed onto those characters so much that I, I want to be able to feel part of a crew like that again um, in a JRPG setting I'm like this. glad you brought that up, because that is kind of my negative takeaway, is we really didn't get a sense of other party members. Uh, there were a few other people in this showcase, but they were on screen for barely a minute. Yeah. And we don't know what their role is, whether they're just someone uh, that you just meet along the way or whatever. And they did talk about in the showcase of uh, that you will have other people with you, um, but we didn't really get a sense of them and their personality. And like you said, mm-hmm. just I'm playing Persona 5 right now. One of the best parts of Persona 5 yeah. is Ryuji Makoto on uh, the cat, Morgana. You know, yeah. those are the best parts of the game. Uh, so I really hope, like you just said, like that this can do the same thing. I mean, Torgal looks amazing. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, well, when is the dog not amazing? <laughs> but uh, we need to see more of what like your party makeup's going to be. And Well, like, that's interesting. I mean, thinking about it now, it's like if this is the first true action RPG developed from the get-go, you, you might just really not have that. Like, 
You know, because they did say in in the showcase too that like you're gonna have companions. They're completely on their own. They're support cast. Like you don't control them, but you can do little things with Torgal. So if that's the case, like, yeah, there might you might just have people come in and out and in and out and you know and and that'll be fine because. You know, unlike a turn-paced game where you're controlling three separate characters at a time or four or whatever, and like you're, mm-hmm. you know, they all have their their things. Like, if you're just one guy, why even bother to make this, you know, Final Fantasy-esque <laughs> party? And it's like because you're gonna be Aloy talking to yourself and your dog. Yeah, no, time. I yeah. So, but if they can, if they can cleverly weave in like companions throughout, like obviously there's that one guy who's uh, the voice from. God, he's been in so many things. His name is Ralph Ineson. He's one of those actors that everybody recognizes, but nobody probably knows his name. He was in The Witch, which I'm a weird movie guy, so that's why I know him from. But he, you know, that's a that's at least a named actor. They're going to utilize him in a in a mm-hmm. big way. So maybe he's like just kind of with you most of the time. But um, any which way, I, I think Sony did a great job. Um, I don't know if they had a hand in developing this this little um, state of play or if it was all Square Enix, but it was. Entertaining throughout the 20 minutes flew by and um, got me. I, I think I even told Nick before we we watched it was like I hope that I don't walk away from this less excited for the game and uh, definitely did the exact opposite. I'm pumped. Um, probably will be day one for me um, as long as I can get through Elden Ring by then, which you know, joke of the show at this point. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, any other thoughts, Nick, on, on Final Fantasy? Um, we had an interesting, along with the demo prediction, we also kind of predicted maybe if there was some going to be some kind of VR support for this because it is heavy Sony. Mm-hmm. And, it, and as you mentioned uh, last week, that Sony's probably looking to do a lot of hybrid projects like Resident Evil 8 and Gran Turismo 7 that that maybe this one would have some kind of VR mode in it, like even if it was just exploring the world in VR or something. Because the 15 had the fishing game. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but no, that nothing there on that end, so this looks yeah. just to be a straight... Uh, I mean, yeah, they can they could have plans for, you know, DLC. Uh, 15 had a pretty robust DLC plan, yes, and did. they didn't finish it, from what I can recall. You know, they, were, they wanted... <laughs> I, I think remember. they had the Prompto, which was one of your, your bros. Uh, they were supposed to be, like, a DLC for each of your bros. Yeah. And I think they only came out with a couple. But, um, yeah, so, you know, who knows? But um, I think this is uh, probably the biggest competition for Zelda to for Game of the Year at this point. And RE4 Remake, probably, but... Um, yeah, get excited if this is your thing. Yeah. Also, go watch it if this is your thing. If yeah. You haven't done that. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, now that we got all that out of the way, we did get our PlayStation Extra games for the month of April. Uh, keep in mind, again, if you are a subscriber to PlayStation Plus, there are the three tiers, Essential, Extra, and Premium. Extra is the middle tier that gets you a lot of access to the current games that um, basically you just get for free. Uh, and so Nick and I, Nick mentioned this last week, but we wanted to try just a little bit of different way of covering this as opposed to just reading out every single game that's coming because quite honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what they are. Um, so instead, uh, Nick and I are just going to highlight a couple games from there that we think are worth paying attention to, worth you know downloading if you are subscribed to this service. So uh, Nick, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, my first highlight is, and which kind of led this article off, is Kenna Bridge of Spirits. I talked about it on this very podcast this comes from Ember Lab. It is currently sitting at an 81 on Open Critic. It is a God of War light. You do a lot of climbing. You do a lot of combos, uh, and it has kind of a, this pisc- 
of this Pikmin-esque uh, feature where you can uh, control these little guys. Um, right. Yeah, the rot. They got cute hats. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you can clip the cute hats on them, and they kind of they kind of help you with the environmental puzzles. Uh, you can use them in attacks to infuse them to make them stronger. And it, it was a it's it's a pretty good game. You know, I probably wouldn't recommend paying for it, but now that it's on extra, I definitely recommend checking it out, especially if you're uh, you know in that God of War Ragnarok malaise and want a decent third-person action game. It's uh, definitely a good first outing for the studio. So Cool. Check it out. Yeah, that's one I've been meaning to meaning to, to get to, so whenever I you know get back into extra, I'm sure I'll check it out. But good pick, Nick. Uh, for my first pick, I'm going to have to go with Doom Eternal. Um, this is a first-person shooter from id Software, now owned or now owned by Microsoft, but you know part of Bethesda. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the sequel to 2016's Doom, which basically reinvent, reinvigorated the franchise. Um, if you like first-person shooters, if you like fast, fun movement and bloody and just, you know, kind of getting face-to-face with some demons, this game's going to be fun. Like, you're going to like it. It's an 89 on Open Critic, um, you know, but if you, you know, the idea of getting a shotgun that has a grappling hook attached to it that you can shoot into a demon, <laughs> grapple to it, and then blast it in the face, like, well, who doesn't want to do that in a video game? Um, so... Highly, highly recommend Doom Eternal. You don't really need to play the 2016 one. I would recommend it because it's also very good. But um, in terms of story, it's not why you're playing these games <laughs> at all. You're, you're playing these games because they're, you know, fast, fun, kinetic shooters. And I'm not even a shooter guy, but this would be my recommendation for somebody who likes likes the idea of a shooting game, but maybe isn't into like you know multiplayer and things like that. It's just a fun little fun little single player campaign. Probably takes. You know, 15 hours to get through. Um, but, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. Game and they gave it a PS5 upgrade, too. They did give it a PS5 upgrade, yep. So, yeah, and, and it's probably the last Doom you'll ever get to play on PlayStation. <laughs> so, you know, do that. Yeah, very true. Uh, and uh, sticking with the Bethesda first-person shooter route, I am mm-hmm. going to recommend Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus from Machine Games. This got an 87 on Open Critic. This is a very good unique shooter it's a little more traditional it's not as fast as a doom so if you're looking for something slower paced with a lot of interesting characters uh, if you're not familiar with the wolfenstein franchise it's basically um alternative future where nazis win take over the world and so you're part of a resistance group to kind of take it back so uh, the first game is also very good, but it might be harder to find and play at this point. But you can just jump into Wolfenstein 2. It's not the biggest deal. You know, just watch a YouTube summary of the first game and then just jump right into this. But it was very, it was a very good game, and I enjoyed my playtime with it. Yeah, that one, uh, that one's pretty pretty hard from what I remember, too. Like, make sure you're, yeah. you're a steeled, steeled experienced shooter. <laughs> um, you're, from what I can remember, your health drains pretty quickly, and you're just constantly constantly killing Nazis, which is great. So, um, But yeah, that's another very good, very good one. And then my second pick, Nick, is maybe a little more unconventional, maybe a game that I think people would kind of scroll past and go, meh. Um, and that is Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom by FDG Entertainment. Uh, 86 on Open Critic, so another very well-received game. But this is a 
a hand-drawn cartoon-based Metroidvania game where you play as this little boy with a sword and he has the ability to transform into uh, different monsters or different animals. You know, for instance, you can transform into a snake and that gets you into different areas. You can transform into a lion, which has the special <laughs> ability to dash through things. And, you know, your typical Metroidvania game where you're unlocking abilities, backtracking, going through things. But um, just very, very joyful, very one. Like, it's just it's just one of those games where it does everything well. Um, it's not going to blow your socks off, but... Um, Metroidvanias are one of my favorite genres. Anytime I find a good one, I usually have to recommend it to people. Um, so I would definitely check this out. And kind of a weird fun fact about this game is it's uh, part of the Wonder Boy series, which first released in 1986 on Nintendo. <laughs> so it, it's a very, very storied franchise that never really got a lot of love. But um, yeah, I played this game on Switch and, and I really, really enjoyed my time with it. Okay. So I would check it out. It's very cool. pretty. It's got that nice little cartoony look. Cool. And yeah, it was, it was definitely another overall great list. We definitely recommend you look at all the games they added, a lot of Bethesda games and a lot of indie games. So mm-hmm. another banger of a month, you know, keeps on rolling. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'll keep saying it. I feel like it's better than Game Pass. I don't, I, I don't know. You got Slay the Spire, Riders Republic. There's, there's stuff for it. Like, they do a great job with just kind of... And I think it was even Shuhei Yoshida that said it a long time ago, where it's like, when, when developers and publishers think about like these kind of things, like they just want somebody, they want everybody to have one thing. They, mm-hmm. like they're not, they know they're not gonna build a list that, every, that somebody's gonna be like, I like every one of these, but they just want somebody to find something in there that you get value from, and you know, whether it's a first-person shooter like Doom, a third-person action-adventure game, a sports game like Riders Republic, like they have a card-based game like Slay the Spire, lots of stuff for everybody, so. Good job, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. So last week, this came up a few times about our most anticipated games. Uh, it came up when we were talking about Persona 6 and and Final Fantasy and all that stuff. So I finally we just wanted to get it out there. I know earlier this year we did our most anticipated games of the year, but I wanted to do our most anticipated announced games. So this is going to be a list of what we want to play right now. So, and it's announced, it's out there in the ether. So Persona 6 is not out in the ether officially, so that does not count. It is out there, but yeah, not officially. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, and again, we, there are games about to come out, so I don't know, John has Tears of the Kingdom on there, but with it coming out so close, I'm not gonna have Jedi Survivor on there because I'll be playing it in two weeks anyway. So uh, I'm not gonna include that on my list. So, and John, you better not have a game like Atomic Heart on here. Because <laughs> no, if you do and it reviews badly, I'm going to make you play. I wow. think you should be forced to play. <laughs> I lose my, my cred. Because <laughs> you picked Atomic Heart over Spider-Man 2. I was trying to be... I was trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to be well-rounded, Nick, all right? Everybody knows Spider-Man 2 is going to be fucking sweet, so whatever. All right? All right. So Sorry. With that groundwork laid out, I will go first... Announced at the Game Awards just last year, uh, as we were talking about, as we were getting together our list of the top 50 games of all time, our favorite games, uh, it made me think of this game again because I was thinking about Bioshock. And that game is Judas. Boondoggle. (laughs) I got it too. (laughs) And uh, again, this is coming from Ghost Story Games, which is led by Ken Levine, who did Bioshock 1 and Bioshock Infinite. And when I think about that trailer and I think about 
the experiences that I had because also while thinking of going through and thinking of our top 50 games of all time is like I've played a lot of games but a lot of them are really forgettable you know and I will say one thing that's great about Naughty Dog games and one thing that's great about Ken Levine games is that I will always remember what happens because stick with it yeah because they're just that memorable and so that's why Judas gets the five spot on my list yeah um you know, if you're a fan of Bioshock, nobody looks at this trailer and doesn't immediately think that. So, uh, DNA of it through and through. But yeah, that's a. Did they say 2024? Or did they not even put? Uh, I don't think there was no date. Okay. On it. Yeah, so that'll come when it comes. But you know, uh, I'm pretty. It's pretty safe to say it's going to be something special when it does come. So, sure. good one. Uh, for me, um, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to you, to anybody, um, and I'm going to say it before you say it in case it's on your list, because it's mine, and that's Hades 2. <laughs> um, Hades is no not no hyperbole, probably in my top five favorite games of all time. It's fantastic, top to bottom, great great voice acting, amazing controls, you know. Are every- you ranking this? Huh? Are you ranking yours? No. Okay. Did you rank okay. yours? I did, but... That's Judas number one? No, Judas is number five. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. I guess I usually do. Right? Because I, I, because I, I just asked because I know this is this is this is number one. This would be my number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I have full faith in Supergiant. They do not make bad games. Um, and I'm excited to see what ideas they had probably for the first game that they're going to implement into this one. Like, you know, I I would exp- I, I I'm honestly. I think it's okay to expect the same thing, (laughs) and it'd be fine. Like, just give me more gods, give me more abilities, give me a little bit different things here or there, but you can have the same type of loops, the same type of systems in place, but... It appears um, to have, like, a more magic focus. Uh, The big big focus of Hades was the weapons, so you had all the different classic weapons, and um, this, at least from the brief moments we got, it looks more magic-focused, so that that, that could definitely do different gameplay opportunities. Yeah, I think, and they haven't said anything, but I've heard speculation the big bad in this one is going to be, like, Kronos, and he's with the god of time, and so he kind of... They mention Kronos in the trailer. Do they? Okay. Yeah, so they'll be, you know, they'll rewind you back to, you know, a certain point. But uh, I could see magic being a big thing. Either way, like, I have no worries, no no issues <laughs> no. about this one. It's going to be fucking killer when it comes. Yeah, and uh, we again, it was on our top 10 PS5 games and stuff like that. So just go play Hades. Yes. Just play Hades 1. Like, you'll... Like even if you have any reservations of this type of game or anything else, just please give it a shot. It's well, what I will say for you know for people who maybe have never played a roguelike, you have to get, matter. huh? You don't doesn't care? matter. Just yeah, I know, but I have a friend who's playing it right now. He's like, I don't really understand what I'm like. Am I supposed to lose? And I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to like you know literally somebody who's never played a roguelike to be like, I don't get this. Like so, just know that if that's you. It's you're meant to kind of lose and get a little bit further and get a little bit further and get a little bit further until all of a sudden you're the fucking most powerful thing in the world and it feels amazing. So yeah, yeah, yep, awesome stuff. All right, so my number four is Marvel's Spider-Man Two. Not shocking. I'll just leave that there. Yeah, we're gonna learn more about this game this year. I kept it off my list because you hate it. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man, as we've talked on the show, is. I've played so much of it <laughs> that it's 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 not hard to be excited about it. It's just like I, I know it's gonna be great. I'll play it when I when it comes and you know it is what it is. And plus I know I knew you were gonna pick it anyway, so So the excuse used last time, so I can't wait. I can't wait till you pick a bad game and None of these none of these next four are gonna be bad. Okay. Uh, all right, next one on my list and you know, I'll go in reverse order because why not? Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Um uh, 
It's gonna. It's same thing. <laughs> you know, Hollow Knight one um, really, I think, has cemented itself as not only one of you know the best, um, you know, games in its genre, but like defining the genre. Really, when you think about best uh, Metroidvanias nowadays, it's Super Metroid, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and Hollow Knight. Those are kind of the three that people say, and mm-hmm. it's a little more in depth, right? You're, you're meant to get lost a little more to explore this vast underground area where there's actually decent stories to be told. You know, the art style is fantastic, the movement systems are fantastic. It's pretty fucking hard, which I dig in games like this. Um, you know, and I'm sure Silk Song will be again the same thing, but a little <laughs> bit better. You know, these these smaller non AAA games that are of a very high quality. You know, I typically don't expect them to iterate as much of it because, especially for Hollow Knight, Team Cherry is a team of three dudes. It, it blows my mind that it's three guys. One guy's like, in, I think it's one guy's in charge of the programming, one child guy's in charge of the art, and one guy's in charge of like the music and, and sound. It's just like. Fuck! How do you how do you do that? So, you know, you get to play as a new character in this one. Um, you know, so there will be different movement systems and things like that. But um, I I cannot wait. I fully expect this to to be another one that I absolutely love. So, just needs a release date. Yeah, this is this was Nick's number one pick in the fantasy league. So, uh, yeah, you need this one to come out this yeah. year, buddy boy, and yeah, hope it'll be out it. two years ago. Yeah, yeah, because this was this this wasn't your number one. Pick. No, but it was one of like them. two years ago. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. So, yep, but it will be fucking dope. I am sure. <laughs> All right, so my number three. We talked about it briefly last week. Is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Mm. Final Fantasy VII Remake was a welcome surprise. I didn't think they could do it. I don't think they could remake the uh, RPG, but not only did they remake it, but they put a nice twist on it, and now the gate is open for what will happen in Rebirth. Anything can happen as far as the story and the liberties they take with it this time. That, uh, yeah, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see more of the normal crew in Final Fantasy VII, reimagined in Rebirth, so nice, yeah. Kate Sith, man, yeah, and like I'm, I'm an, I, I know nothing of Final Fantasy VII original, so like you know, <laughs> this will be canon for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, All right my next game uh, coming out later this year, slated for August 29th from Sabotage Studio, uh, who are the maker of The Messenger, um, and that is Sea of Stars. This is a upcoming role playing game, um, you know, with some of maybe the most gorgeous pixel art I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's absolutely beautiful. So many different little tiny animations going on at any given time. Um, But I was just kind of honestly blown away by The Messenger, how much I liked it. You know, it was very retro, but at the same time felt modern, felt like there was, um, you know, systems and things that... You know, really like kind of taking the formula that was established in the, like the early 90s and things with these kind of games, but bringing it to a modern day while respecting it enough, right? You're, you know, interesting movement systems with you hit the light and you get to have an extra jump. I kind of expect them to do kind of a similar thing with this genre of game. Think Chrono Trigger, those those classic RPGs. I think it's going to feel very, very comfy and familiar, but at the same time iterating and using the tools that they have at their disposal with the new consoles and things like that to really just kind of bring it to 2023 and make it as pretty and perfect as they can. Uh, buzz about this game has been been pretty high. They released a demo for it. I played the demo. Demo's great. So um, I will be I will be picking this up probably day one come August. It's also in my fantasy league, so I need it to do well. <laughs> yes. Yes. You gonna play that that one at all? No. 
No. No. Okay. Again, uh, indie game. I don't based like in retro nostal- things. Yep. Based in nostalgia. I can't do it. Sorry. That's fair. That's not what fair. What I can do is be hyped about an expansion to Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. my game of the year, mm-hmm. and that is Phantom Liberty. I already talked about it at the beginning of this year as my most anticipated games of this year. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's fair. I want. We need I gotta features. beat that. I gotta get to that game at some point. <laughs> I don't know when, but at some point. All right. Uh, this one might come as a bit of a surprise. You know, we have, I don't think we've heard anything about this game since it was first revealed. Another smaller indie game, but these are, this comes from uh, Matt Makes Games. Matt Makes Games? Matt Plays Games? Makers of Celeste. Oh. Uh, and this is Earthblade, um, which is a... <laughs> I don't know. It looks like Celeste, but more bigger. So third Game Awards game in this list. Well, we don't have other like when when else do we get announcements anymore, Nick? You know, Sony doesn't want to talk, so somebody has to. But um, yeah, you know, it just it looks like Celeste, but but with you know that that perfect movement system, but with actually some combat incorporated as well. You know, Celeste was great where you're jumping off walls, the movement felt felt cool, but you're not doing anything besides platforming. And in this one, it looks like a big big interconnected world. I don't know if it's a Metroidvania or not. Um, it says a 2D ex- exploration game in a seamless pixel art world. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be dope. And just to correct myself, it's actually Extremely OK Games is the makers. I think they changed the name of their company um, back in the day. But uh, makers of Towerfall, Celeste, and Earthblade, good track record. Good stuff, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so my number one. Wolverine. <laughs> Uh, this could have gone in a best E3 moments had it been announced at an E3 showcase, but nope, it was announced in 2021 at a just regular old Sony showcase. You know, uh, you would have thought, you know, Insomniac was just working on Spider-Man 2. That blew my mind when that happened. <laughs> but no, they had to tease another game, and that's that they're doing a Wolverine game, and it was... So it's just something out of my wildest dreams that Insomniac is working on an X-Men property. Um, so it is just, Insomniac does everything great. Ratchet and Clank, great. Spider-Man, great. So they're just going to apply their magic, their DNA to Wolverine. And that is going to be some of the most satisfying combat and gameplay out there. Yeah. And it's going to be one of the most iconic Marvel characters of all time. Like. Win, 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 win. All everybody wins, so. Yeah, I really am curious what this game is. Like, cause yep. I don't know about you, but every time I think of this game, I just I picture Wolverine swinging around New York. Because <laughs> because I just like associate it so much with Spider-Man and Insomniac, and I know obviously like it could be a linear game. Like, I don't know, Insomniac doesn't really do that, but it could be more like Ratchet and Clank, where you're kind of going to these places and getting mm-hmm. through the level, or who knows, but I hope it's, I hope they, Go more Logan and less Marvel, if that makes sense. You know, I want, I would, I would, and I think they've since said this that it's going to be a more mature tone. You know, I want to be able to cut people's legs off with my claws. Like, <laughs> can I do that? But yeah, um, 2024. I, the, dude, just to, to what I said earlier about like, do you remember was Wolverine after Spider Man 2 in that showcase? Yes. 
Yeah, because I, I just like I, the insomniac again. What the fuck is this? And then to like, <laughs> like I don't remember what I was thinking in the moment, but just couldn't believe that they did Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, Spider Man Two, and then they're working on Wolverine Two. It's like they they have black magic in at, this, at that studio. <laughs> All right, and then my last game might also be a little unconventional for me, as I don't typically like multiplayer games, but I like this series so so much, and I trust this team so so much, and that's The Last of Us Factions. Um, mm. You know, I, I am more curious probably about this than anything like can mm-hmm. Sony figure out a way to capture my attention into the live service space um, does this game have narrative implication into it is this a is this going to be a bigger thing than we expect and it's like a bridge it's a bridge game between two and three or whatever the case is this more we just don't really know and so mm-hmm. you know based on what we initially heard when this was announced it was like oh it's just going to be a standalone thing that they couldn't get onto the last of us two in time it's like this I, it's not that anymore like they've been working on this thing for too long i think it's going to be bigger than we all kind of anticipate or expect um and it will be a naughty dog game therefore it will be great so yeah and as we've said before last of us part two played so good it was was my biggest knock against uh naughty dog is that their games story-wise presentation everything great Suck to play. Suck it's and especially when you got toward the end of the game where they really ratcheted up the combat. Or last but, left behind. At yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which we just experienced again in the Left Behind DLC. That uh yeah. But Last of Us Part Two played great. I can't wait to put it in a multiplayer setting. Um, again, what this will be what this game will mean to us as people mm-hmm. who do not play multiplayer really but love The Last of Us. Um, yeah, I Yeah. Sony's got a lot to prove in their showcase. <laughs> a lot of games that we just talked about that will probably be in there, and yeah, and they'll have to really come with it. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if do they bother putting Spider-Man Two into the supposed showcase, or do they just like because there's going to be a state of play for it, like for sure. Yeah, you yeah, you just put that it in game. There. That game has not been shown since. 2021. Yeah. I know. I know. I just, <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be weird if you went through the whole showcase and didn't get a date for it. Yeah, it's going to get a yeah, trailer. You'll probably get a date and then be like, hey, stay tuned. We're going to have a state play for it. And maybe a gameplay, like, because with Spider-Man 1, they did a few gameplay demos. You had the helicopter scene in New York, and then you had the um, the prison scene. Yeah, the Sinister Six moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, it's probably going to get a blowout at whatever this May rumored showcase is. God, I fucking hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. So there's no question about our most anticipated games. Uh, John is definitely the more indie guy. Yes. He's dominated by indie games, but you know that's kind of what makes the show good. He, he well, brings those for you guys. Yeah, I don't have time. <laughs> that's all I have time for, Nick. <laughs> but sure. no, it's beautiful thing about video games and movies and every every type of media is there's gems hidden all over the place sometimes you just gotta dig for them yep true 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 all right well let's get into something somewhere somewhere playing a little bit here nick i know you know <laughs> you're playing persona 5 so we don't need to j- jump into that but uh happy to report i was able to start my resident evil 4 playthrough and and i definitely have some thoughts so um let's hear it I, i'm curious yeah it's, it's interesting because you know I've, I've gotten two personal opinions from people right i got your opinion and i've got friend of the show will's opinion right and uh, we know what, what yours is, but I did get a text from Will saying that this is one of the greatest video game experiences I've ever played. 10 out of 10. Well, you're both wrong, right? <laughs> but I'm probably more on Will's side. It's not the best game I've ever played, but it is very, You haven't very... even beaten it yet, and you're were, you were getting the grand opinions about it? Yeah. You played, I, like, what, the first... How far are you? I am just getting to the lake. <laughs> 
So you barely I, listen, played it. So I don't so think you. You don't think you can have a judgment on a game after playing a game for five hours? You, you probably. It depends on the game. I know. Sure. I know. There's going to be things that the there's going to be things that are going to start to wear on me more and more. I, mm-hmm. I I understand that, but I guess my opinion is coming from where I sit with it right now. And where you haven't I, even gotten Ashley yet. No, I haven't even gotten Ashley yet. <laughs> nope. I've I've went through a good probably five or six combat encounters. Um, you know, gotten. Uh, got my hunting rifle, my shotgun, um, upgraded my case once. You know, obviously I've met the merchant. Um, the hunting the, rifle's so good. Went through the church, yeah, all that stuff. So like, Old action is always satisfying. So yeah, I mean, I think I've been playing video games long enough that I can at least have a good, good feel for the most important thing to me in video games, which is gameplay. Okay. I think it's really fun. I think the combat encounters are fun. I like shooting guys in the head, running up to them, giving a ridiculous roundhouse kick, <laughs> and then taking my knife, which I fully upgraded already because I hate breaking shit, yeah. um, and yeah. I just start poking them with it until they die. It's fun. That being said, towards the end of every combat encounter, I am usually like, okay, like we need to, we need to get moving because there's simply too much combat in this game. Like, I, I think... Buckle up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I think that that is one of my biggest knocks for it, but... What I personally have tried to do in my life, and this isn't just video games, this is everything. As I've gotten older, I, I do adhere to the idea that I like everything. And what I mean by that is like, I don't like to write anything off unless I've given it a shot and I'm willing to give things a try that might be outside of my comfort zone. And this is not outside of my comfort zone, but I try to evaluate things in the specific window or wheelhouse that that thing is trying to be in, right? Like, so Resident Evil 4, it's more of an action game than a survival horror game, in my opinion. It's more of a shooter and an arcadey thing than it is a Dead Space or um, an Outlast or anything like that. You know, like I no think no one would argue with you on those. No, points. I don't think so. I think Resident Evil Four, you know, is being that it's in the Resident Evil franchise, which I think everybody to this day still would associate with a little slower mansions, intimate hallway encounters. It's not that anymore. And it's interesting because like I think historically people have always said that Resident Evil 5 is the big, is like the big shift in the franchise. And after playing this, assuming that the original is like this and I'm sure it is, I don't remember it that well, the shift happened here. This is yeah. this is the beginning of the second trilogy of Resident Evil. 1 2 3 is a trilogy, 4 5 6 is a trilogy, yep. 7 8 potentially 9 is going to be a trilogy. And so if I kind of view that in that lens, I think I think the game is very very good. Um, you know, I think it's a it's an it's a cool setting. I like the vibes that like the uh, weird Spanish countryside is. I can't think of any other game that takes place in Spain. You know, not that it feels like Spain very much. You're just in this weird, creepy woods area. But um, I think it's a cool setting. Um, I appreciate that some of the campiness has stayed. You know, the fact that the bingo line's still in there is great, and <laughs> you know other things like that. Um, but you know, I. Where I stand with it so far, I can see it as I get through the game. I'm probably going to get a little annoyed with some of the combat encounters. I I, I can tell you that's probably you're, going. You're to coming to that conclusion already. I, yes, you will. Yeah, but also you got to remember, Nick. You and I play games at a very different pace, <laughs> so you know th- it'll take me a month to get through this. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully it, it doesn't wear thin on me, but. You know, I'm excited to get to Salazar. You know, I saw a character model and the hair that he has, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> and like, you know, it, it is a very silly game. Um, but 
you know, I'm I'm excited to keep going through it. Uh, I'm happy to report that the case is still for me. <laughs> I was going to ask you. It's, I'm like, he hasn't talked about the case I yet. I love. I don't know what it is <laughs> about organizing that case, but I could I could do it. I can do it for 15 minutes at a time. I'm just like, Ooh, this is, okay. I'm like, what's my method going to be? Okay, all action things over here. I got my my resources down here. I got my health. Oh, I don't like the way that looks. Let me rotate it this way. I, there's just something very cathartic <laughs> for me about it. Um, so I was happy to see that because that is one of the things that I remember intimately about my first playthrough with Resident Evil 4. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like the addition of the side quests and like how this, I think there's spinels. I don't know how to pronounce those, those little red gems that you get from yeah. those. I like that they kind of converted those into a specific resource that unlocks things as opposed to something that you can just sell to the merchant. That's right. what you did with those in the first one. So that was a, a good little tweak, but um, I will say, it, I think you can absolutely tell that this is a cross-gen game, unfortunately. I think it's very pretty. The Resident Evil engine is great, but you can tell that there is limitations and things being held back. And that's a bummer. But hopefully, crossing fingers, we're kind of getting towards the end of that. Because, like, you know, Dead Space, right? That's going to be the most apt comparison for this game. It looks better. Um, yeah. I think it might it might be a little bit better of a, of a game overall. That, that remains to be seen. I'm not ready to make that statement yet. But... <laughs> um, I think it's a very, you know, it's it's what I expected out of a 2023 Capcom remake. You know, it, it um, from what I can remember, it is very similar to the old one, but also adding these new tweaks and things into it. Um, and it is fun to come across just different set pieces. Like, I remember coming up to the church for the first time with the graveyard in front of him. Like, I fucking, oh, I remember this place. Like, <laughs> I remember that um, I don't. The big Undertaker-looking fucking yeah. character, whatever. Yeah. I forgot. Like I, I hadn't thought about that guy since 2006. I was like, oh, yeah. it's that dude. Like yeah. I just immediately remembered him. He's basically, you know, Mr. X in this version. Yeah. Um. So. Do you remember the fight with him? No. Okay. Yeah. The only fight. You will when you do. Get when there. I do it, that'll be another memory. Like, oh, okay. right. Yeah. It's I mean, pretty gnarly. The other things I remember, you know, I remember fighting like the cave. Tr I, I say cave troll because I'm such a Lord of the Rings guy. Um, such a jazz head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, fighting the big trolls and things like that. Uh, so yeah, I'm ha it's, it's very fun. I, I'm definitely gonna, definitely gonna get through it. You know, please let me know, Nick, if you're like, ah, I don't know what to play. You know, I think we're gonna be nope. checking out Horizon here soon, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if I'll play Resident Evil 2 remake again anytime in the next however who knows how long, but you know it's <laughs> it's it's right up there with that for me. So it's good. Yeah, time. I'm curious as to how you feel because again I was in Chapter 10 when I was like I um, just can't just do this anymore. Just burnt out. I can't do more of these combat encounters. So yeah, yeah. I mean I've heard like you know the part where Ashley's getting catapulted up the ass and like she just yep, keeps getting knocked down is like the worst for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that's really just bad. you know you just kind of keep have to keep running back and getting her up. Um, you know and and escort missions quite honestly fucking suck. So we'll see. You know but it, it is interesting. Like I think that this is a very very easy to look at example of people's previous bias taking place into a current day product like yeah i don't think there's any way that this it's like a 10 out of 10 i you know like if we're being truthful to what that means if, right. if like we're truly trying to evaluate things on a 10 a 0 to 10 scale there's i don't know five 10 out of 10 games ever so i just think the industry as a whole has gotten a little bit loose with what that means you know ign's given out I think they gave out like 10, 10 out of 10s for like their first 15 years and they've given out so, so many. You know, they gave John Wick a 10. 
um, which isn't a video game, so I don't know why I brought that up, but, you know. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, nostalgia's a hell of a drug, and a lot of people played that at the very formative time, kind of like a Final Fantasy VII, so, mm-hmm. uh, but also, you think that people would be a little more critical of this, but... No, everyone seems to love love it as it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like playing through Elden Ring, like this is a transformative game. This right. is something <laughs> that has never been done, and it's it's doing it flawlessly. And there's so much there, and it's like Resident Evil. It's it's again, it's great, but you feel like we've moved past this type of game in the past 15 years, right? Like it is it sure. is very much walk down path, open area encounter walk down path church small encounter walk down this get the key you need go and that's fine like that again that's what was kind of my point about trying to evaluate things in their space like neon white like if i'm evaluating neon white what it does is pretty close to perfect i wouldn't say it's perfect but it's pretty fucking close and you can't really compare a game like neon white to resident evil to elden ring it doesn't work that way um but i think i think for what the vision of this game was when they decided they were going to do it and the product that they ended up with at the end, I don't know how you could really make it much better. Right, So, True. You know, so yeah. Kind of interesting revisiting these games that we all love. <laughs> like, you know, and that's going to be a thing that we continue to do. I mean, as we progress, I'm sure, you know, eventually, probably in five years, we're going to start seeing PS4 remake game. I mean, fuck, we might see a Horizon Zero Dawn remake here anytime soon. We, we saw The Last of Us 1, you know, and that's a PS3 game. So, like, we're getting there, right. um, you know, and so it will be weird to see, like, these, these games that we have intense nostalgia for and, like, okay, how does that play out now? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Those are my thoughts. All right. Good stuff. So, moving on into more Resident Evil talk. (laughs) Because, as I said about the merchant character, which John has not talked about, but we will talk about now, uh, the merchant is, in my own words on this very show, very campy and very out of place in in, in in the game. Like, he's just a bizarre character that just... Again, I don't get how he exists at all, but... Anyway, IGN, on the other hand, and specifically Max Goldville, published an article that said, The RE4 Merchant exemplifies everything great about the game. And here's a few quotes from the article. He said, He's vaguely menacing at first, but you quickly realize how goofy he is. And that's like so much of the Resident Evil series. It's scary at first, and then it's silly. And then he also said, so many games bend over backwards to explain around their own video game-ness. So he thinks it's great that the character just exists and there's no explanation of why he's there, why he has all these weapons, how he shows up everywhere, why he's not attacked by the the enemies. Um, And uh, yeah, why why is he helping Leon in the first place? Is he the same guy or is there like 30 of the same dude around, you know? so I guess, what is your thoughts on the merchant, and do you feel like Max does that no. he is everything great about Resident Evil? <laughs> no, this is the fluffiest of fluff, um, <laughs> and like it just screams to me like what I was just saying. This like pre-existing bias with this game. It's a great game, but like to pull out this one character and be like, oh, why why does this you know in what universe would somebody trade an antique goblet covered in hand inlaid gemstones for an automatic rifle? It's like in what universe do you walk into a derelict space station, go up to a weird thing that's glowing, and then boom, you have a gun that shoots a razor blade or a, a saw that spins in front of you. It's like 
this isn't the only game that's ever done an out of place <laughs> character or has ever like been you know whatever point he's trying to make right and, and we make this we we accept video games as the medium they are hmm? stores uh, the fact that you kill so many people, you know, that Drake like, is Drake is the biggest mass murderer of all time. Yeah, there's just things that yeah. you go, you know, if this was a movie, that's one thing, but or a book, that's one thing. But in a game space, there are concessions that need to be made to make it a game. And I'm sorry, <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't get to glorify one game for doing it with one character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like what? And you're right. This character, it's like. I like the I like him. He's he's a good merchant. He's memorable for sure. But the love for this character is what? He's a good merchant. <laughs> he's a good merchant. He's a good merchant. He's he's good at selling his wares. He does what he does. Um, you know, the love for this character is a little out of hand in my opinion. You know, I was listening to the show that I always bring up on this show, Sacred Symbols, and they were talking about it like is he the greatest merchant in video game history? <laughs> I was just going to say we could make this a topic now. And it's like our favorite you know, merchants. And like quite honestly, maybe. Like he's memorable as shit. Like but I don't know. He's 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 just he's there to give you guns. Like I don't know. I don't I don't give him any more thought than that personally. Um, <laughs> Did you see in your Persona Five Royal playthroughs a Joseph at all? Which was in the he? Mementos. He's like a little he's a little retailer in the Mementos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He gives with you that, stars that, or something. Yeah, right? yeah, with the egghead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is he, is he one of the most memorable merchants? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just got to get that narrative out there and then somebody will latch like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just weird how the, the industry is like rallied around this. this, And I think it's just because of that one fucking line that they decided not to put in this game. Like, what are you buying? Like that just caught, it just catches people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say that to somebody who tangentially plays video games. They'll probably be like, oh, that's that's the merchant from RE4 and it doesn't make sense. But, you know... At the end of the day, I think this is just another unfortunate reality to where we sit in the media as well. What gets clicks? These type of things get clicks. Everything's either the best thing of all time or it's the worst thing of all time. (laughs) There's no room for nuance. There's no room to have a discussion about anything anymore. The character's Um, hot right now. Yeah, exactly. Like This is what's going to get max clicks, and that's what's most important. Just like how Fox News or CNN, whatever your news source is, they get the most engagement from anger. That's what they do. And in this case, like, look at me and you right now. We're talking about it because, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean? You know, but there's also going to be a group of people that are like, yeah, he's the greatest thing ever. You know, nobody's like, you know, nobody's going to click on that article if they don't have a very strong opinion about it. It's just, I don't know. It's it's tiring. I think we talk about it every once in a while on the show. But, yeah. Um, yeah, pure fluff, uh, you know. I guess they had a quota to fill. <laughs> you know, I think yeah, Max had a deadline. He's like, I don't know what to do. I like this guy, so let me let's let's do that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. IGN uh, will continue to tear you apart if you guys keep being idiots. <laughs> and I think Schofield Scoville, he was in that uh, that video that we that yeah. we that we had an issue with. Yeah, the rebuttal. Well, right. About... He wasn't the guy that was talking about it, but he was he was the host. Yeah, because yeah. he's the host of PlayStation Beyond, right? I'm assuming so. Yeah, I, I think don't he know is. For sure, but. Like episode, they're on episode like 800 or something. <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, I just again, he's just a character. And just I don't think, and, and I don't think he should be celebrated for what he doesn't. That his origin is not explained. Most merchants aren't explained because they're just absurd. Right. And their and their wares are absurd. How they exist in the world is absurd. It's just one of those um, things we obsess. You know, I'm playing Cuphead, and you know this uh, this big pig sells me a bottle, and then I can shoot weird things out of my fingertips. <laughs> it's like, oh, they don't explain it though. It's like, <laughs> it's a, right. You know, granted, it's Cuphead, but also I gotta say I have kind of a weird 
I understand what he's saying about like Resident Evil is scary at first, but then you see realize it's silly. There's there are moments of that, but like I didn't feel any of that in seven. I didn't feel any of that in two really. Like no. personally. No. Um so Resident Evil One. No. Like yeah, four four has that, which is cool. But and I think eight honestly has it a little bit too. Like the merchant in that game is fucking ridiculous. Like you know, that oh, all of, and Lady D, and yeah. yeah, there's a bunch of absurd characters. But right, so it just seems weird to just yeah. Again, it's like I, I have a quote. I got to write a thing. <laughs> you know, to, to see. Oh, and again, it's Resident Evil, and I think why people like people like it for many different reasons. You know, some people probably do like the more campy RE4, RE8 games, and then there's people that like you like that like RE7 more. Yeah. Um, when it's really going more on the horror side and leaving the silly side and campy side behind, but. It, that is, that is a good point. I'm glad you brought up. I, after playing a little bit of 4, and my opinions might change, but I, I, I do like that I can pretty much confidently say now that Resident Evil 7 is my favorite Resident Evil game, which is like, <laughs> okay, I figured something out about myself. Like, yeah. you know, and I've, I had my suspicions. Like, you know, I like horror for the, the claustrophobic, atmospheric, tense, small moments as opposed to like, did you see I just shot 25 zombies and like roundhouse kicked them and blew them up with a grenade launcher? It's like, yeah, it's cool, but right. you know, not, not why I play these games, I guess. All right, so let's move on to our final topic, mm. and it's Redfall. What? <laughs> so <Those> PlayStation pals, <laughs> Nick. Yeah. So you know, Xbox gamers, they need to wins. Yeah, they've had a very weak last year. They had no first party. They didn't have a last year. Nick. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't have one. And, and this year is was is looking good. You know, they started the year strong with Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, they got big fall release in Starfield. Uh, and then they also, this spring on May 2nd, have Redfall. But Redfall got an announcement this week that's kind of, as far as the online communities are, are the discussion there, are not liking. And that has to go with how the game runs, uh, specifically on Xbox Series X. So Redfall uh, released this on their official Twitter account that on Xbox Series X, the game will only run at 4K 30 frames per second. There is will be no graphic options, there'll be no performance mode or quality mode, and that a 60 FPS performance mode will be added to the game at a later date, which they did not specify. So a lot of people are not happy mm. to have to play this game on their, you know, beefy Xbox Series X at 30 FPS. And I will admit too that I think this is a very bizarre choice. Again, this is a console exclusive to Xbox Series X. I mean, they do have to make the Series S mode version, which I I don't. I wonder why like, Xbox did this is because <laughs> they know. needed a cheaper price point to be able to compete with PlayStation again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That now that they're kind of getting this weird. Like we like we were just talking about with PS5, PS4, and Resident Evil 4. Uh, so they're kind of doing the same thing here. And again, the discussion about this is very negative. People are not happy about this. A lot of people are not happy with the game because of this. And, you know, again, will they or won't they play it at launch now or wait for the 60 FPS update? This, you know, I would love a forensic accountant to go through and see because, again, it is a day-and-date launch on Game Pass, so you can at least check it out. And if you can deal with 30 FPS in 4K, you'll probably play it anyway. But, uh, John, what are your thoughts about this game, the the next big Xbox exclusive? Yeah, it's it's shocking how Microsoft seems to be treating their Xbox players as second-class citizens. (laughs) Like... (laughs) 
I just I you know I I'm not a programmer. I know I play a lot of games, but I can't make games. But I feel <laughs> like it's just not acceptable for any AAA game, especially if it's a first party game, especially if it's a first person shooter, to release in 2023 with 30 frames per second. We have kind of come to an understanding here in the industry that 60 frames is is almost needed at this point. Like we've had so many games come out with 60 cents that going back to 30 is noticeable. Mm-hmm. I used to be a guy that before I started playing 60 frames a second games, I was like, this is fine. I don't care. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But I went back and played Spider-Man on PS4 at 30 frames. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it's, it looks like he's... Uh, it looks like he's just stuttering the entire time. And, you know, and I think you said yesterday, Nick, like that you play Tale Requiem is a 30 frames a second game. And nobody ever complained about that. They said, you know, in fact, it was regarded as one of the most gorgeous looking games out there. Game of the year nominee. Game of the year nominee. So, like, it can be done. But it's it's very important to identify the type of game that it is that is presenting that those options. And, um, you know, with the resource, like... <laughs> The resources that Microsoft have are unlike any resources out there for any company. And how that you don't just show Arcane Austin a truck, a dump truck of money, and you say, "Here, now fuck off and make us a sweet game," is beyond me. It's it. It almost seems like Microsoft, and this is complete conjecture. This is just me spitballing. It seems like there's just a couple people at the top there that just have unrealistic either expectations or directions for the developers and and there's not a back and forth discussion and it's like no we need you to go do it this way we need you to make something for the xbox series s and that's how it's gonna be because it's just time and time and time again i don't get it i don't understand it seems very laissez-faire like you know games will come out when they do and then when they come out we'll just how they come out is is fine and this will be fine like we don't care we just you yeah. know we want the game out as as a as a passionate video game player I'm I'm I am starting to get just very skeptical with their way that they're trying to conduct business you're right it it seems like they are just playing the content game we we know what the future is so we don't really care if we're giving you the best experience we want to give you the most experiences and that should scare people that should scare people that they are going out and buying bethesda makers of skyrim makers of doom and 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 having the Assuming that this is an the type of attitude they have towards their products, and be like, we just get it on our Game Pass, and we'll make money, and everybody will be happy. But like, if that's at the expense of high quality, like developers putting out the product that they want to put out, that should scare people. And if you're a Call of Duty fan, man, and you're rooting for this this thing to go through, I would be a little nervous about that as well. You know, hopefully they just if it does go through, they just you know say, okay, just go do what you do. We'll just rake in the money. But it, it seems like there's been a little bit of fuckery going on with Bethesda. And I know most of Redfall was developed before the purchase happened. So it's not not all Microsoft, but it just, I mean, just it's, it's, it continues to be, like you said, L after L. I don't yeah, get it. It's, it's, it's conjecture on our point. We don't 100%. know. But, yeah, when you're not concerned with how much a game sells anymore and it's just going to exist forever exist on this service you wonder it makes you wonder and then when you see announcements like this you go you, you it raises an eyebrow as to why 
why they why they're fine doing this and I know that probably they don't want to delay it that's for sure for sure they don't want they can't the do next that. suicide squad but uh yeah it's like when you're not concerned with sales does it yeah. does it matter that the game's released not at the with all the modes and a quality that you're looking for that's I don't know. That's well, it's, it's it's interesting too that you say <laughs> that because you know we're kind of going through this phase where there's been this these huge PlayStation Square Enix rumors, right? Where PlayStation is going to buy them. It's like, well, we don't know. They haven't said anything. But then you look at it's like, okay, well, they didn't release Final Fantasy VII remake on Xbox, like they said. They didn't release. Um, they're not releasing Final Fantasy 16. They didn't bring the Pixel remasters to them, and everybody's like, why aren't you bringing us the Pixel remasters? Like, unless if they're being bought, it's because like. They probably have so much data that says they don't sell games on Xbox. Unless if it's on Game Pass, you're not gonna. It's not worth it. It's not as easy as just taking your PlayStation Five file, dragging it over to a different folder, say, "Here's your Xbox version." <laughs> That's not how it works. So if they're gonna take the time and resources to to, you know, put the the development cost into getting those games on they onto that system, they need to be able to sell. And it's just. There's so much fuckery, fuckery going on. I feel like with with all this behind the scenes that we just don't know. You know the ramifications of until I don't. I'm not gonna say it's, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom like until it's too late. But you know it's just I don't know. I I do not get it. I and maybe it's just because Sony's so efficient. Sony is so good with their pipeline. They 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 make strategic purchases with their teams, and I think they they use the culture and relationships that they've built with these teams in the past to foster and, and kind of have an understanding going forward where Microsoft just throws a big checkbook at somebody and says, don't you want to come here? Like $7 billion. Like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> and then kind of not like, oh, well, we don't have the same autonomy that we used to. And well, we got to do these other things. Now we got to make an Xbox Series S version too. And we don't really want to do that. But the only way we can do that is if we make it 30 frames a second, but we can't have one be 30 and the other 60. So it's just like, ah, like, I don't know. <laughs> it, makes, it makes you think, but it is arcane. You know, this is this is a developer of of, of a very high caliber. Yeah, know? their last their game, game was a ten out of ten from IGN and GameStop. <laughs> GameSpot. Yeah. That, that was Leon. That wasn't Austin, but yeah. I mean, Dishonored, Prey, like everyone loves their game. So this will. I mean, this is again something different. I mean, this is a multiplayer co-op shooter, so it is a little different than their normal wheelhouse as far as a more elements in it but so it'll probably be very well i i actually do assume it'll still be an 85 and above game yeah. but but yeah it'll be interesting if this is in the discussion uh when it's reviewed on xbox series x yeah i mean bad timing with zelda coming out 10 days after <laughs> like because you know you like you said you assume not many people are going to buy it they're going to check it out on game pass and say, okay, this is cool. Now, if this is somebody who only plays on Xbox, not a problem. But if somebody else like who has more into video games, they're going to be like, well, Zelda's coming out. And then Final Fantasy sixteen is coming out. And Street <laughs> Fighter Six is coming out. Diablo Four is coming out. I'm not going to go back to Redfall. Why would I go yeah. back to Redfall? And so it's like, if, they, if it's not a banger of a game, I would think it's going to be hard for them to keep people there. That's an excellent point. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, it's a that, bad release. That mind share when, yeah. A month later, just within the next month, is Diablo and Tears of the Kingdom, some of the most anticipated games ever. Yeah, you know. So, and then yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy 16 isn't on Xbox, but nope. it'll still it'll still be in the discussion. And right, then, they're still like I I have both, so yeah. like I mean, there's still you know not a ton of them, but it's just like every little bit every little bit factors, and if like people try to log on to Redfall and it's I don't know, there's not populated enough or whatever the case, they're like, meh, all right, lose your moment. I'll yeah. play something else. That's the other side of Game Pass. 
got a lot of options. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like you went out and bought Redfall for $70 and you're like, well, I need to get my money's worth or like, I don't have, like, True. you got options. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Like, I, I, I kind of was hoping that that would be one that would maybe get me to subscribe to Game Pass again because, like, I, I loved Deathloop. Um, I like the idea of wacky guns killing vampires, but, like, I don't know. If it's, if it's not anything super special, I'll, I'll probably skip it. Sure. Sure. So... Come on, All Phil right. Spencer. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's not happy. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I think. I think Microsoft's really just, I, I think what they're trying to do, I mean, did you hear that like Phil had a, uh, a little thing and he had like a mini Xbox on his shelf behind him? Did you hear that? Well, he's done that before. Yeah. I would, I, I think what Microsoft is trying to position himself to do is to have a streaming only device that plugs into a TV, much like a fire stick, connects to a controller, Game Pass, here you go. We don't give a fuck about hardware hardware anymore. We don't really give a fuck about these, you know, we don't want Last of Us style experiences. In fact, they've said in the past that they can't make Last of Us. Like they said, like, we can't make games this good. And so it's just like, well, content, 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 baby. Netflix, Netflix route. Every once in a while, Netflix releases a banger, but there's a lot of shit on there too. Yeah, very true. But they still have a lot of mindshare. So. So, yeah, well, well, we'll know in a few weeks. So yep, we'll know all about this game. So. All right. Well, that is six things uh, to tease for next week. Rising Burning Shores will be out. Mm-hmm. And I do hope to play it before next episode. Uh, I think it comes out on Wednesday. So 19th. Okay. Is that Wednesday? I don't know. Yeah, it yeah, is. <laughs> so I hope to have at least some early impressions. So like John, I'll just review the whole thing after playing it for an hour. I think so. you might be sick on Wednesday, Nick. <laughs> you got some time to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feel, feel a fever coming on. Yep. Um, Dead Island 2 will be out next week. And while I'm not interested in the game myself, I am curious as to how it'll review. Yeah, that one is interesting. Like the buzz has been weirdly positive mm-hmm. considering what us industry heads know about the development of that game yeah so, weird weird yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you i'm curious to see how it does yeah i think i think it'll all come down with how buggy it is or is not <laughs> that too and, and from what i've seen it seems kind like there's not a run button so it's like very just walking down a street there's a zombie yeah. And yeah. walking down the street like it's there's a lot of cool gore physics and things but i have a feeling it's one game where you're like after at that six to eight hour mark and you're like When's it going to be done? <laughs> so, yeah. We'll see. And then there will also be a Street Fighter VI showcase next week on April 20th. Well, I'm, I'll check it out because, again, Street Fighter VI is just on my peripheral of do I want to dabble in a fight? I really, I, Loki, I really hope you get into it because <laughs> you're, you're my pathway into a fight. And I've, I've always wanted to. It's just I don't care enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... But I've always I've always been intrigued. So, so yeah, another big release of this year. So um, yeah, and then we'll do our to- our favorite merchants. I think I think that's a great topic. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to think about all the merchants that have ever existed. The old, the old man from Link to the Past. That's my answer. <laughs> and the, and their impact on the game and what they say about the game. Stupid. So <laughs> it might be a topic. I'll think about it. I, could be fun to think about merchants and video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah <laughs> there's, there's so many. Yeah. Um, well, I um, like but, that idea you had, too, of, like, what series do we just not get, like, personally? Like, I <laughs> oh, think yeah. that could be an interesting discussion, too, something we were, we were throwing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot to, lot, to, lot to do, a lot to play, a lot of things happening. Things are heating up. 
into mm-hmm. maybe a DEFCON level hmm? starting yeah. in May. Yeah. You know? a, lot, a, lot, a lot coming down the pipeline as we get into quote unquote E3 season or Summer Games Fest as Jeff has taken key over. E3 so. season. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> key, key <Lee>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to tease or is it just your RE4 and RE4 and, and Neon Whiting. Like I, that's my guess, my game that I pick up and try and do a couple levels. Last night I did some of the uh, cleanup uh, so I have aces from missions one through seven now. I have just a couple on eight that I got to clean up, and I'm on nine. So oh, okay, well, yeah, you're almost there. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. It's still so so good. In fact, the song that I'm about to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I, I I I can't play Elden Ring until I beat something. So yeah, those two. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So, yeah, you teased the song. What's the song, John? Sin to Win. Uh, Sin to Win. I don't know what part of the game this is played, but it's, uh, again, by Machine Girl. They did every song to the track for or the soundtrack for Neon White. Um, you just couldn't have Lynn have that top spot anymore. Huh? No, 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 no. We need, <laughs> no, Machine Girl will take her down. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very... I don't know, techno-y, uh, hectic craziness, but stick around to the end of the song. Like the last minute is it really ramps it up and it's a it's a banger. So yeah. uh, Sin to Win by Machine Girl. Cool. Alright, so that's it. We thank you for listening. We will be back next week with six more things. Bye guys. Bye bye.